Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mr. P, to... Uh, the Joe Show. God bless you. It's from Bowser Chevy in Monroeville, Studio B, a wonderful place. And I'm really teetering now between Mr. P and City Limits. I think they're both high-quality nicknames. Uh, Adam Crowley, no less an authority than Adam Crowley, called City Limits an elite nickname. Everyone has. But Mr. P just feels, and I promise I won't shorten it to P. It's going to be Mr. P just feels more right and especially with the super bowl commercial where there literally was a mr p i'm all i'm saying mr p is that i'm more inclined to say that my brain is telling me to say that more than city limits they both still have a chance do you still have strong objections to mr p and how do people in the studio greet you which one do they use or do they say austin which is your given name how about i did a basketball game on friday and when I got there, we were like five minutes before we went on the air. And somebody who just went to watch the game, who's a Baldwin fan, gave me a note. He passed it along. And it was written in Sharpie, City Limits, in all capital letters, and put it on my table. <laughs> and I said, yep, I think this is the one people like. Oh, that's great. Uh, Joe up, otherwise known as Horse, he would go to his Mars football games, the youth football games, and the referees would refer to him as Horse. And then Folsey, uh, church on Sundays, things like that, people people in his church group referred to him as Folsey. So it catches on quick. And I hope for your sake it is city limits. I'm just not sure. Let's bring on Jeff Hathorne. Our friend is on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline. Uh, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Jeff, do you have a preference yet? And how do you refer to Austin Bechtold when you see him? I refer to him as Austin, but city limits, Joe. I mean, you know, we're talking about a team that lacks heart. Go with your heart, Joe. The emotion is telling you it's city limits, and you're trying to overthink this, much like the Penguins on the power play. Just go with what works. It's city limits. Thank you, Jeff. All right. I might do that. Well, Jeff, there's a lot happening here. I mean, usually the fear in this business is as soon as the football season is done, we're going to have a shortage of topics. Man, there's topics flying left and right out there. Let's start with this one. And I'm going to play for you a clip that I'm sure you've already heard. Professed and proud pit man, Lewis Riddick, 
Sounds like he's not necessarily standing behind the pit man at Steeler quarterback, but prefers a different option. Listen to this from ESPN. How do you like Justin Fields in Pittsburgh? I like him a lot. Look, I think of the effect that Arthur Smith had on Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill eventually took over for Marcus Mariota when they were down in Tennessee and Arthur was calling plays down there. The play-action game with Justin under center. Man, look, I don't, I don't want to like ever put anybody in front of my boy Kenny Pickett because Kenny's my guy. He's my guy. But Justin Fields is one of those dudes who I'd be like, might have to put him in front of you, Kenny. Might have to go ahead and work with this because Justin, in that offense, it would work. It would work. Jeff, if Lewis Riddick is doing that, then a lot of people are, I would guess. Are you? W- would you want would you want Justin Fields here when you would you automatically put him in front of Pickett? So, listen, I saw him play all the time obviously in college. Um I think I think this, is there more risk with Justin Fields? Yes. Is he going to make more mistakes? One or two that might cost you a game? Yes. But does he have the upside to win you a game? Does he have the, the type of athletic ability that you see in elite quarterbacks in today's game? Um, can he? Does he have a multiple four-touchdown games in his NFL career? Uh, for that reason, I, I'd rather go and be aggressive. I think the Steelers' offense for the last couple of years has been play not to lose. Justin Fields is a play to win. And I'm not saying Kenny can't be that, but... Uh, Kenny can't match Justin Fields' athleticism. Would you give up a two and a four for him? I would. I so would. would. I. I mean, so would I. Listen, and, and then, if you could get a, I mean, if you can get a, a franchise quarterback for a second round pick, and you're taking a chance. If you let's say you draft one in the in the first or second round, you, you're rolling the dice. With very few exceptions, most of the times you're rolling the dice. At least you've got three years, kind of like in college when you when you grab somebody off somebody else's team and you've seen them play at this level, you you have some experience with what Justin Fields can do. Okay, so our opinions are registered. Do you think that there's any chance at all this could happen? And And then let me add to that question, what would happen to Kenny Pickett? I think slim. I think they're determined under a new coordinator um, who work well with Ryan Tannehill, who in some respects has some of the traits of Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think they're determined to have him be the guy, and I think the backup's going to be someone that's that will be a veteran but not someone that's truly going to compete or, or knock Kenny off the mountain. So that's what I expect them to do. I don't, I don't expect them to go and get somebody that – could actually be their starting quarterback barring a collapse or injury. They're, they're going to, I mean, that's why a Tannehill makes so much sense to me. I, it, I think they're going to get that type of player. All right, let's move on to the Penguins. If you would, Jeff, total disaster last night oh. compounded by, and the bigger story became Jake Gensel. What if he's out long-term here? And we don't know yet. I haven't seen any updates. It could be his wrist. Uh, people are speculating he said something about his rib on the bench. I, I don't know. Nobody knows. What happens then? I mean, would you just have to, I, if, two things, re-sign him or let him go, uh, try to make a run when he comes back, if he comes back? This was uh, this was hard to watch and affects everything now. Yeah, that was your only consistent line 
that Gensel was on, and obviously he's a big part of that, and even that line hadn't really hit over the last couple of games. He's also a guy that you put in front of the net on the power play. Uh, that's, I mean, that's season-ending. If Gensel's out for an extended period, 0% chance they make the playoffs. Uh, if he's back, it's a slim chance that they make the playoffs. But that's that's that would be tough. And, you know, you look at trying to sign him. Let's let's say it's, it's only a minor injury or it's bruised ribs instead of broken or whatever it might be. Uh, I don't – I mean, signing him is going to be a, a trick in itself and trying to find salary cap room for, you know, what we've been seeing out there of what Jake wants. I opened the show today, Jeff, talking about Mike Sullivan and how somehow – he seems to escape the kind of scrutiny that hounds Mike Tomlin. And I think Mike Tomlin deserves scrutiny. And he's always going to get more because he's the Steelers coach. And that's, that's the, we're a Steeler town. I get it. But it's the nature of the scrutiny. To me, should be very similar because they're in very similar situations. All the Penguins' problems, many of which date back to last year, remain unfixed. The team doesn't respond to the head coach. You and I have been in sports for a long time. And you know that when there starts to become a feeling that a coach is going to get fired, everybody has it over there. There's no feeling with that with Sully. There's none because he's completely secure. The stars love him. Fenway Sports Group, he's signed forever. I'm telling you, if this were a different coach, if he wasn't in this situation, this would be the time that everybody was talking about him getting fired. And especially if they lose tonight, which would be their fourth in a row to the worst team in the NHL. Yeah, it's, and that's a it's a great point, Joe. Um, and you're right. I mean, I was over there yesterday, and uh, there is no sense of that. I mean, there's frustration. There's all these other things. And and Dan and I with, were with Chris Letang. I don't know if you played the cut or heard the cut, um, but like him talking about deer in the headlights. How the hell can they be deer in the headlights? Like who steps up on this team, right? Like, so if I were if I were Dubas, and let's say Gensel's healthy, I would sign him to a contract extension extension and call Washington and say, how can we make this work? I want Tom Wilson. I'll give you Jake Gensel because I need somebody right now that can energize my team. As crazy Ooh. as people, oh, how wow! You, that's the move I would make. That's who they need, and and someone that may even rub the guys in that room the wrong way make them uncomfortable bill Guerin used to make those guys uncomfortable when they were kids they need somebody to make them uncomfortable like it's just too and it and it's not even the stars as much i mean they'll at least retaliate they'll stick up for their guys i, I thought they made some good signings and listen achari's out and they've had some injuries with the bottom six but where are these guys like like picking off somebody you know from florida last night after they just beat the hell out of Gensel. Right. How about one of them doing something? And it doesn't even have to be cheap. Like, where's Ryan Graves in this? Or, you know, I mean, P.O. can't fight. Rue Weedle, I, I don't know what he's going to, but at least try something. Even if you get, I mean, Pedersen at times has been in a, a number of fights, and the guy weighs 110 pounds. But at least he's shown some, some of that effort. I mean, that that to me... And I, I know you can put some of that on Sullivan, and it gets down to this, Joe, bottom line, as we've seen in hockey so many times with really good coaches. It's 
a hell of a lot more practical to fire a coach than fire a whole team. And that's why you see so many of these moves. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying that's why you see that, um, because you can't get rid of an entire team. But, man, I mean, this team, we hear it all the time. Well, they took a period off or we're not mentally there. They have to look in the mirror. But beyond that, like something's got to change. And it, it may not just be the head coach. It could be the GM making a bold move, like the one I just mentioned. Like make a move that is going to shake up that room. I don't care if it's – I don't care who you offend. Like something's got to change in that room because they have so many guys signed to long-term deals, they can't rebuild now. They, they've got to take this – all the way to the edge of the cliff, and then they're going to fall into the depths that they fell into in the late 90s. Uh, it's inevitable that's going to happen. So just try that to might be good. do something. Oh, it yeah. is good. It, it's the way you rebuild. You get a bunch of high first-round picks. I mean, look at how this latest dynasty of the Penguins was built with Stahl and Flurry and Crosby and Malkin. It's not because they drafted 20th in the first round. It's because they drafted – top five and often they were first overall i'm just struck by the fact that the same things plaguing this team now not, not this week but for a long long time were the same things that were plaguing the team when sully walked in and jump-started everything lifelessness not enough offense some of the stars underachieving now maybe malkin's just old i get it uh, but a lot of the things that were plaguing them then are plaguing them now, and man, if they lose to the worst team in the NHL, their fourth loss in a row, their seventh in nine games, that's when coaches get fired. They're 11 points behind the Flyers for third in the Metro, and they're equidistant away from Columbus at the bottom of the whole conference, and Columbus just fired their GM. Right, and you know, I I think Kyle Dubas probably learned a lesson in the I mean, listen, we all, I, I'm not going to go back on it. We all praise the Carlson move uh, of what he could bring to this team. Um, but you can't just have a team of all-stars. You got to have grit. Where is the grit on this team? At times you see it from a Lars Eller, um, but where is it? I mean, I, I don't see it. I, I, you know, you've got to have, you got to have someone, somebody that can do something that can make a difference in a game when things are going wrong. I mean, I mean, another word Latang used yesterday was flatline. I mean, this team is fighting to try to make the playoffs after not making it last year with potentially, what, at least three, not, if not four Hall of Famers on the, on the roster. How is flatline a word? And not that you use once, because Orpik you know, said it years ago, you can't play, you're not going to play all out every game. It's just not possible. But it's over and over and over again. Um, and that's why I think it's even above Sullivan where the GM has to, he needs to, to do something. Jim Rutherford was great at it. He'd shake up a room. That room needs shaken up. And I don't care who goes. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Joe. I feel would better you like now. To thank, would you like to thank Mr. P? City limits. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pitchers and catchers reported yesterday here to talk all things Pirates, Mr. John Parado, the real Mr. P, perhaps, and he is live in Bradenton. Johnny, we had Michael McHenry on yesterday, and I wanted you to hear what he had to say about the Hank Davis situation. Would you care to listen to this Alrighty. and then comment? I would like to. Sure. Yes. All right, Mr. Uh, City Limits, go ahead. I think the signing of Grandall kind of pushes him back into AAA. Um, I think if you if you think about all the things they did last year with Indy Rodriguez about development, about growth, he needs to learn how to handle a staff. He needs to learn really refine his skills. I think that's what we're going to start hearing with Henry Davis. Now, with that being said, he's going to get every opportunity in spring training to show what he can do. And if he comes out and he does his thing, he's been working really hard, and he was a 1-1. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, we didn't hear much about him not being able to catch when he came into pro ball. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I know his mindset is that he can handle this, and I believe he can. Johnny, please tell me that Hammer and Hank isn't going to start in AAA. Uh, I think Hammer and Hank might start in AAA. I, I can't imagine if he's not the number one catcher in, in the big leagues, that they're going to have him uh, be in the big leagues as a backup. He, you know, They're going to want him to play regularly, and uh, that's why I think he's headed to Indianapolis. I mean, you know, Derek Shelton didn't come right out and exactly say Yosemite Grandol is our number one catcher, but – he certainly implied it very strongly that, that Grandal is going to get the bulk of the starts behind the plate. This is depressing, John. I mean, why didn't they, why didn't they, if, if they're so bent on Hank as a catcher, why didn't they use him for more than two innings last year? Would, do you endorse this move? If it happens? Well, that's what I've been, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I've been saying all along. If they had any faith in him as a catcher, they would have played him a catcher last year. I, I've never seen a catcher develop by playing right field. I mean, I don't know how, <laughs> how you can develop a catcher by him playing right field. You know, it makes no sense. And I mean, to me, they telegraphed the fact that they don't think he can catch in the big leagues and why they went on with this charade all winter. And the, I mean, to, to Davis's credit, I mean, he took no time off all winter. He went to the driveline Institute, the biomechanic place out in Seattle and 
He was here at Pirate City in Bradenton for a lot of the winter when he wasn't in Seattle. I mean, this guy poured his heart and soul into it, and, uh, you know, they're pretty much saying uh, he ain't a catcher. <laughs> well, maybe if they want skeins to develop, they could put him at shortstop for a while, you think? Like, what's well, what's he, going to happen here, yeah, Johnny? It, it, what, what, if, what if Hank Davis rakes at the plate in spring training and then goes down to AAA because they want to, to, to continue to develop him as a catcher? Would that make sense? I think what would make sense, I mean, if you don't think he can catch now, I mean, if, if, if he has a good spring, maybe you just play him in right field because, I mean, that's yes. obviously a question mark as of now, and, and maybe you just pull the plug on him as a catcher. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he, you can't give up on the guy yet. He's, he's 24, but also he's not a young kid either at 24. I mean, this is the time in your career where you're supposed to take off if you're going to be an all-star caliber player which you would think that that was the plan when they used the number one draft pick on him three years ago. And when you're talking about a guy going back to triple a and, and still learning how to, to play his position and he was the number one pick and you gave him six and a half million dollars that uh, you're right. The pressing is, is the right word. I mean, if the bat plays, that's the reason I would take him number one overall. I realize catcher is a premium position, although I think it'll become less premium when they go to an automated strike zone and pitch framing and things like that. Maybe go out of play a little bit. I care about the bat, John. Does he have a, does he have a middle-of-the-order major league bat? Do you think so? You know, I hate to give a non-answer, but I don't know right now. I mean, I've heard good things from what I've heard. I, he could be, but from what I've seen with my own two eyes, I, I don't see it. I didn't see it last year. I, I just didn't see that consistent, you know, hard hit balls, balls jumping off his bat. And, you know, I, I, I hate to judge a guy on 49 games, but from what I saw, I, I just don't think he's what he was cracked up to be coming out of college. Well, they've had four top 10 picks in a row. So let's talk about the latest one, and then I'll ask you about the other two because the ones before them, before Nick Gonzalez, I read earlier, and I think uh, Austin City Limits back in the studio started weeping. It was Priester, Swaggerty, Boz, Wrong Way Craig, Newman, Tucker, and Meadows. That's not how. You, that's not how you build a contender, John. <laughs> no, hardly, hardly. You better hit on some late round picks if you can't hit the first ones. But yeah, I mean that's that's really killed them. I mean they, they're they're uh, drafting high in the, you know, high like you said in the top ten, and they're not getting those premium talents, those you know game changing type players that you need if you're going to be a contender and, and try to win a championship. And I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not breaking any ground here by saying they certainly aren't going to go out and spend money on big league players. So if you're not going to do that, you need to get young guys when they're cheap and you can afford them and you still want to pay them a little bit and hope they perform right away. And, and these guys aren't doing that. And that is why they finished last four years in a row and they finished in fourth place last year. Just out of curiosity, and we're talking to John Parado here on the Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline. Where were you when Will Craig became the first man in baseball history to start a rundown between home and first? Were you in the ballpark? Unfortunately, I wasn't. I had a doctor's appointment that day, and I when I made it, I I made the mistake of not looking at the schedule and realizing they had a day game that that day. 
But uh, I heard it on the radio, and it was kind of incomprehensible what was going on. So I hurried up <laughs> and put the television on, and, and I could see the replay. I was like, oh, my God, I've seen many different things in 36 or 37 now years of covering the Pirates in Major League Baseball. But I never saw anything quite like that. It was remarkable. Ron and I were in the studio. And Ron was like, stop, whatever you're doing, stop and watch what just happened. But anyway, uh, Skeens is the latest guy. How, what if he, what if he's great in spring training? What's the percent chance that Skeens starts the season with the big league club? And if not, when does he get here? Five, and I, 5%. And that's not indicative of his ability because he's clearly the best pitcher they have here. I mean, as far as pure stuff, I, I know, you know, he does have a lot of pro experience, but, but nobody can patch his, you know, matches uh, pitches, matches pitch repertoire. And he always seems, uh, you know, I haven't talked to him a whole lot, but it seems like he's really mature. He really has a good idea of, of what he's doing, the way he handles himself. And, but I, I do think that they will hold him back to save the service time. So he can have an extra year before he becomes a free agent. And I think they just, don't want to bring him to the big leagues quite yet after six and two thirds innings. And, but I think if he's lights out, I don't know how you can't put him on the big league roster, especially when right now you have two, two open spots in your rotation. If he's clearly one of the, you know, one of the two best pitchers in camp of all those guys buying for a spot, I think you owe it to yourself to have him on the big league roster. And I, and I get the feeling just from people who know him better than I do. And the bit of the bit of, I've been around him, he seems to have the maturity for a 21 year old guy that, that he'll be able to handle it. If he goes to the big leagues. 50 minute Mark on the fan coming up here, brought to you by South Hills, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge route 19 in Peters township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Johnny, where can people find your stuff these days? Everybody hears how good you are uh, on the radio. Where can we read your stuff? Uh, actually, my pirate stuff with Pittsburgh Baseball Now. The website uh, started two years ago, and me and uh, our beat writer, Danny D'Amelio, are both here for the first week of spring training and uh, doing a lot of coverage and uh, having a good time and uh, enjoying uh, the clouds here in Braden. Beautiful. Well, let's talk. Well, no, back to schemes for a second. So. It gets confusing. It doesn't really matter in the end. What people care about is when will he be here? How how much time has to go past before they are safe on the Super 2 stuff and then um, and then maybe saving a year on the back end of his deal, all of that? Like, when would we see him? I think probably the middle of June would, would be the cutoff, you know, kind of, kind of a moving target from one year to the next, and it can change a little bit. But generally, the middle of June, the early part of June, uh, I think you'll see much like when Garrett Cole, the last, uh, you know, when they had him as a, as a number one overall pick, they brought him up in uh, mid-June that year uh, when he got to the big leagues. Uh, I think that's when, and, and, and again, you know, if, if they do this again, you know, and they keep saying they don't manipulate service time. They don't worry about free agency and arbitration. If Skeens has a lights out spring, and I really hope he does to put the Pirates on the spot here, and they don't take him north, then, I mean, they're tip, you know, they're obviously been lying all those years and been hypocritical about it. You've seen Skeens up close throw yet? 
Uh, just now, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I can see why uh, why he's impressive. He's got a nice, easy motion. And, you know, he's a big guy with a long stride and uh, looks like he's breaking balls. And it's the first time he's thrown. So, he, you know, not totally sharp like midseason form. But you can see why uh, – you can, you can just see by the way, you know, he throws and just the way he handles himself why the Pirates uh, thought he was worthy of being that number one pick. What was he like to talk to personality-wise? You said he might be the kind of guy who wouldn't be overly pleased uh, if he's not on the big league roster? Yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. I, I think he'll handle it okay. I don't. I don't think he's going to make a big stink and you know try to get on management's wrong side right away. He seems like a personable guy. The, the couple times I've talked to him, he, you know, he seems to have a little bit of charisma. I, I think you know the, the type of guy who, if he does become a really good pitcher, could become a fan favorite. I, I think he'll be, uh, you know, good with the media and I think good with the fans. And he just seems like a, an overall uh, pleasant sort and. Uh, I've enjoyed talking to him so, so far. And as, as you might say, Joe, he's a very nice young man. <laughs> he seems like a nice man. The other two <laughs> top 10 picks, because I'm losing track. Termar Johnson seems like an absolute stud prospect. McHenry thinks he could yeah. be here by September. And then Nick Gonzalez seems like the opposite of that at the moment. Does he even have a spot? Boy, you know, I think it's an uphill battle for Gonzalez to make the team this spring. I really think. Well, Julio or Leovar Pagero will be the starting second baseman. I know they say there's a competition, but to me, I think it's Pagero's job to lose this spring. You know, you look at Tamar Johnson. I mean, you watch him, and he's not a very big guy. He's only five eight, but boy, the ball jumps off his bat. And you know, you talk about personality-wise, the guy has tons of charisma, and if he becomes a good player in the big leagues, he's really going to become a fan favorite because he just oozes with personality. When do you think we'll see him? I think probably in two years. I think uh, probably in 2026, maybe maybe 20 at some point in 2025. But I would say, uh, you know, I mean, he still has some developing to do. He probably won't start the year in Altoona, but he'll probably finish it there. So maybe at the, toward the end of next season, and I think 2026 is certainly realistic. All right, Johnny, free association. I ask you a short question. You give me a quick answer, maybe even one word. Are you ready for this to finish okay. off here? Yes, sir. Yes, McHenry, sir. Likes Mc- McHenry likes McCutcheon in the leadoff spot. Do you? Yes. Edward, Cabr- yes. Edward Cabrera uh, is apparently on the block here, and the Pirates have interest. Should they go get him? Yes. Talented, but not a finished product. Would you include G1 Bay in that deal? Yes. I yes. I, I don't know what his future is here, and I, I think he's expendable. Which of the pictures that lost all their velocity or some of it last year, I'm talking Contreras, Ortiz, Priester, which of those guys has the best chance to start the season here and make an impact? Ortiz. Ortiz. Okay. Percent yeah, chance. I think, I think he's a little ahead of the other two. Yeah. Who do you think the opening day starter will be? Obviously Keller. Yeah, I think uh, obviously we asked Shelton. That's the annual tradition. Asked Shelton that on first day of uh, spring training, and he of course wouldn't answer. But I, I think it's pretty presumptive that he will be the first first uh, pitcher out of the shoot in uh, that an opening day in uh, Miami. 
And lastly, what was the newsiest item that Sheltie delivered today? Uh, I would say uh, God's Monte Grandal is, is going to be the main catcher. I, I, I think, you know, I, I think everyone assumed, including myself, when uh, they signed Grandal, that he was going to be more of a number two guy and be more of a mentor to Henry Davis, not that he was going to come and be the starting catcher. So that certainly at least caught me off guard. And I think some of the other writers, uh, you know, we were talking amongst ourselves after we talked to Shelton. And, and I think a lot, of other, uh, a lot of the other guys that covered the team were a little surprised too. Yeah, man, the more I think about it, if, if he's telling the world that Grandal is the main catcher, then Hank Davis becomes the biggest story in spring training right now. Absolutely. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you last. How does O'Neill Cruz look? Are you convinced he'll be able to do everything physically that he did before the injury? What does he look like to you? you know, I've, only, I've only seen him take a few ground balls at shortstop, so it's kind of hard to tell. But I hearken back to Jason Kendall and the – serious ankle injury he had uh, i believe it was 2000 and you know he was never the same player again after that and and i i really wonder how this is going to affect o'neill cruz and i want to see more of him before i i know for sure how i think about it but i, I can't help but wonder i mean this was a serious serious injury and i it may affect the rest of his career i guess we'll find out this season but uh I, I wouldn't be so sure he comes back uh, as the same player he was before. Thank you, Johnny. Oh, my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me. That's John Perano, Pittsburgh baseball now. Just tremendous at what he does. Man, that didn't sound encouraging, did it? It may be realistic. We're all going to know very, very soon. We're all going to see with our own two eyes what O'Neill Cruz looks like. And there's going to be numbers flashed up during games about miles per hour of his of his throws and especially of his running and we're going to see him at the plate and how he moves at short and we're all going to know and man am i hoping that he can do everything physically that he could before now he still has to prove he's a good baseball player over time but that's uh that's kind of depressing too is there ever any good news with them and now grindall if he's your if he's your main catcher, then the number one overall pick in the draft from a few years ago, who was expected, I think, by all of us to at least get a shot to be a middle of the order bat with this team this year. What's going to happen to him? He's going to start a Triple A to start an apprenticeship at catcher. What what is going on here? Who's in charge? Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 53 today. So. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.